Hello and welcome to Batcast 66, the podcast where we watch an episode of the 60s Batman TV show and then talk about it. Today we're watching part two of the Penguin's Return to the Silver Screen. Uh, it's called Not Yet He Ain't, which might be my favorite title. <laughs> Especially if you time. saw it without the first half. Yeah, I just... The the part twos are always really goofy. Except uh, for a death worse than fate. It almost sounds like a James Bond adventure. Yeah, for real. For a little refresher, I guess it's been a while. The Penguin, he went straight last week. Uh, except no he really gay. Didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they got the gay out of him. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, he's no longer a crook. At least as far as the public is concerned. As far as anyone is concerned, no one has been able to prove that he's committed a crime. And he hasn't committed a crime yet. I will say one thing. What's that? Because it's a podcast. I hope you say more than one thing. Well, before getting into this second episode, something I forgot to talk about last week, and I think maybe just... It's more prevalent in this episode. Yeah. But the the Penguin's two remaining goons are also acting as his, like, assistants for this Penguin Protection Agency started. Yeah. But they also are the ones committing these robberies. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. <laughs> that they don't even do it in disguise at all. Yeah, I think like during one of the robberies, they have a like a domino mask. But still, she have a shirt with their names on them. Yeah, it's so stupid. But I guess that's just the world we we not that we live in, but Batman lives in. Yeah, it's just the world we visit. Yeah. Anyway, a bunch of stuff happened. Listen to last week's episode if you need a refresh. Uh, But basically, Batman and Robin are tied up behind a shooting gallery. And Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara are about to open fire with guns that have had the pellets replaced with real bullets. They, of course, don't know Batman and Robin are back there. Yeah, how could they? Yeah. You didn't miss anything where it revealed that they've been the criminal masterminds of the Gotham City underworld the whole time. Although, wouldn't that be fun? Well, that would be different. Anyway, they open fire, and Batman and Robin are dead. Just kidding. How many times do you think I can make that joke in the episode two opening? I don't think you could have even gotten away with it once. I mean, I will say, boy, this is pretty convenient. So, say you're an ace crime fighter, and you're worried about bullets killing you. Would you put it on your chest? No, no. You can't have a bulletproof, nothing bulletproof on your chest. Hmm. What about, like, like, you know, in a helmet? No, 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 no helmet. Well, you got to at least wear a cup, right? You know, maybe they are, maybe they're not. 
But uh, one place they're definitely impervious to bullets is the soles of their shoes. Yeah, because they wake up, they're hanging from their hands, uh, and then they like kind of swing their legs up and then like are standing straight back against the the, the wall of the, the shooting gallery. I'm like, what are they doing? And then eventually they explained that. I was like, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And also, how do they know what's going on? Yeah. They've been knocked they can... out this uh, whole time. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't die from getting a big thing of cement dropped on their head. Yeah, for real. The commissioner and Chief O'Hara, they shoot their balloons, earning them $1,000 to the police fund, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And luckily for Batman, the uh, shock was enough to unjam his bat knife. Yeah, this tiny little butter knife he just had in his hand. And he uses it to get free. Penguin and his goons go back to look at the bloody corpses of Batman. Yeah, I mean, they, they mentioned they were going to throw them in the ocean, you know, they're on a pier. Yeah, uh, but they're gone. Yeah. And damn, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah. They had them. They could have just plugged them. Yeah, they should have just did it themselves, but... But, like, you know, the, the, a man of, oh, you know they're going to mention in a minute discussing how they escaped, like, can't we bring the penguin up on attempted murder? Like, well, Gordon and O'Hara are about to pull the triggers on that stuff, not the penguin. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, maybe it's just all part of the plan. Robin's pretty bummed out, but Batman says they still have a Trump card. The next day, back at police headquarters, Penguin barges in and demands that the commissioner capture Batman and Robin. They got to be brought to justice. Yeah, he represents Miss Starr and her property. And, you know, they're like, you're not doing your job. Obviously, I know you have a way to reach Batman. Yeah, he goes to the big red phone and calls Batman himself. Yeah. And Batman picks up. And he's like, yeah. And, of course, Penguin's like, oh, yeah, because no, because first Commissioner Gordon's like, oh, the line's disconnected or whatever. Because Penguin's like, disconnected my foot or whatever, he says. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he talks to Batman over the emergency bat phone, and it's pretty cool seeing somebody else use it. Yeah. He's yelling in there, the the commissioner and Chief O'Hara trying to like pull him away. Uh, and the Penguin's pretty irate. He's, he's saying he's going to get the commissioner out of his job out of his office whatever it is it's an elected it's an elected position i believe yeah so but yeah, yeah he's got all these rich friends now and like yeah he can run a campaign get someone in there that uh will arrest batman and robin yeah uh batman says he'll be at the ppa office in 25 minutes and the penguin demands police protection and as and they're like as a citizen he has the right to that yeah. So it looks like Batman's going up against the whole police force. Yeah, what is this? A modern Batman story? It is pretty modern in that way, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool seeing this Batman on the outs like this. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's something I doubt we'll see ever again, but 
I think they make I think they make the most of that with that premise in this episode. Yeah, for as deep as this show's gonna go with it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I don't expect we'll ever see Batman raise a raise a fist against a police officer. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna well, it wasn't written yet, but it's not like they would adapt like Batman or Bruce Wayne fugitive or whatever. Although, damn, I would love to see that. That would have been fun. I know eventually we're going to wind up talking about the 66 comics from a couple of years ago. Because part of what was fun about those is it would take characters and concepts from later Batman stories and reimagine them for this world. But, like, it would be neat to see, like, what this kind of Batman would do with, like, a No Man's Land situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get more story adaptations but we got plenty of character adaptation yeah which i'm i'm fine with i I, i'm glad they took the characters and kind of told their own stories with them but we'll talk about that specifically in a future episode yeah i also want to reread it to refresh my memory before we start talking about it in depth in depth yeah totally uh we'll get there eventually yeah uh in route to the uh ppa offices batman calls gordon He's got a plan. And I almost wish we didn't see this part. I kind of do too. I have a feeling that might be like a uh, standards and practices bit or something because it's for kids. Because like what's about to happen is really insane and violent. Yeah, that is, that is true. You know, comparatively for the time. Yeah. And it's pretty unhinged, honestly. Even it's pretty crazy, now. yeah. So the Penguin gets to his office and he... Talks to his fine feathered finks, like warning them that Batman is on the way. Yeah. And right right behind them comes Batman and Robin. Yeah. And they tell the penguin that his plan has made them crazy. Like they've snapped. Yeah. And they're just they came like, in and they're like herky and jerky, like, what is wrong? <laughs> uh and then, yeah, of course, there's like you know one of the classic room brawls. Yeah, we get a nice fight here. The police arrive. Batman and Robin hear the sirens, and they figure it's time for them to split. Uh, they jump in the Batmobile. We get a very short car chase. They get they do get to use the emergency bat turn lever. Yes, yes. Uh, but they soon have to abandon the Batmobile. Yeah, and there's like a little foot chase. While that after well after the police chased them away, uh, the penguin as goons go to steal the Batmobile, and I thought it was really funny because penguin can't drive stick, and he's like it's like starting and stopping. <laughs> I don't know if he can't drive stick, but that's what it looks like when people that don't drive stick try. That's true. I think it's just he can't control the Batmobile because yeah, it's weird and has a million buttons and stuff. Yeah, well, and when did automatic vehicles become a thing? I don't know. I feel like back then all cars were stick. Maybe. I just thought it was fun, uh, funny to say. Yeah. The cops chase Batman and Robin into an alley and they gun them down right in the street. Yeah. But while they're chasing people, chasing them around, they're shooting at them and they run past like some civilians who are just way too casual about the whole thing. <laughs> like police are firing at like these costume dudes running around you and they're like right there. Like we know eventually that these are blanks. But those civilians don't know that. No, well, they just have faith in their police officers. I guess they're just so used to crime and guns going off all the time. Yeah, it's nothing to them. But yeah, yeah. Seeing Batman and Robin get like gunned down. Yeah, if we didn't know that, I'd be like, oh my god. 
especially as a kid because you know when you're a kid it's like all for real it's like oh man yeah yeah like you don't uh, think yeah. about it is like there's gonna be another episode next week yeah but it's pretty gnarly because yeah they well, even give a uh, batman like a full police funeral or whatever yeah there's like uh reporters in the police headquarters and Commissioner Gordon says that Batman will be buried with honors. Robin, too, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Aunt Harriet and Alfred are watching it on TV. She's like, I wish Dick and Bruce were here to comfort me. I'm like, that's why I would have been like, are they really, like, did they really get shot? But since you know that it's a scheme, it's like, they can just be Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Yeah, that's true. You know? The... the... Weird thing here is that Alfred wasn't let in on the plan. Well, I thought he was. The way he's kind of like talking to her, I was kind of like, well, you know, it'll be all right. I, I don't know. It seemed more like he knew what was going on. You think so? I See, think that's so. the thing about this campy show. Yeah. Because I couldn't tell if he was like crying for real. Okay. Who knows? It's the last time we see either of them this episode, so it doesn't really matter. There's a lot going on, you know. A lot of ground to cover. Yeah, for real. Anyway, any concerns anyone might still have had about the fate of Batman and Robin, the next scene just shows that they're alive. Mm -hmm. They've implanted a TV transmitter in the Batmobile. I forget exactly where they said they put it, but the... It kind of doesn't matter because it's just whatever the episode is. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like the shot. Yeah. It's just coming from like... Like outside the Batmobile because it's just whatever <laughs> the camera is placed. Yeah, <laughs> it's so silly. Uh, but yeah, they're watching the Penguin. Yeah, he's driving around the Birdmobile, which is just this rebranded Batmobile. It's got like a mounted peng- like umbrella gun... And like an umbrella, like always above them. <laughs> it's open. I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, it's just the Batmobile. I like that's Batmobile, but like, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, that it's not really cool. hiding that it's the Batmobile. Yeah. And no one's just like, hey, dude, like, you just stole that. I know they were uh, criminals and that they're dead, but you can't just take that car. Yeah. I was thinking like later in the episode, like, how is he feeling it? Because it runs on atomic energy and not like gasoline. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he doesn't have it for very long, do you? He does. I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, eventually that's like that's not a long term plan he's got. Yeah, I guess not. But I guess we are coming up to like his end game, though. So, yeah, he's hanging out with uh, Sophia Star, and they're just in her penthouse, and he just goes up to her, and he's like, uh, "Will you? Will you?" And doesn't flat out ask to marry. Yeah, I was a little confused for a minute. I was like, did they just get engaged? Yeah, I was. It doesn't come out and say it, and it's just vague enough that I that yeah, I was also questioning if that's what was going on. Uh, and you know what? Maybe he does have that Batmobile for a while. Yeah, because the very next scene is their wedding. I mean, some people get married pretty quick, but like. To do this plan properly, like they needed to have it for a while, like and get people together, and because he's got so many wedding presents, yeah, very ridiculous wedding presents. That's referred to as loot, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's what he's getting at. Yeah. So 
all the wedding presents are on this table that says it's under the protection of the PPA. Yeah. Uh, first off, let's just say this wedding is just at the apartment, the same penthouse. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like a, a place that a member of Gotham High Society would have a wedding. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't seem like a place that a member of Gotham High Society would attend a wedding. Anyway, this this was the, for all the suspension of disbelief you have to do with this show, this one kind of, I don't know, this one was a hard pill to swallow. I guess. The Penguin and his goons, they set off a, a bomb in the water pipes. Which, yeah, I thought it was a weird, I was like, why is he going to blow up the water? It makes sense when we start seeing what's, when it starts coming together. Yeah, so water's leaking from everywhere, and the guests start rolling in. Yeah, it's like it's raining inside. Yeah. So, of course, you know, Penguin's got a million umbrellas. He's like, it's okay. We can just come in and take care of this anyway. His, like, fiancé is super cool about all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's not worried about her wedding day being ruined. Yeah. She just loves the Penguin. I mean, can you blame him? Look at that guy. Look at him. He's the complete package. For whatever reason, he invited Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara. I guess they just needed something more to do in this episode, but... Yeah. Seems like weird weird guests for the Penguin to invite when he's about to pull the biggest criminal caper of his career. Well, I think he wants them to be the Fall Guys because he kind of blames them on what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. You're right, you're right. So yeah, why don't you uh, walk us through what does happen? All right, so once everyone's in with their umbrellas and stuff, they start, the umbrellas start going crazy and shooting confetti and stuff everywhere. And the table with all of the, the presents on it, it's a fake table. It flips up into the wall and dumps them all and comes back out. And then Penguin's like, wait, someone stole all of the wedding gifts. And he's like, it must be Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon. They've never trusted me at all. And then he like has like purple knockout gas, like make them go, like get them knocked out. And he declares he's going to go, the thieves must be here. They can't be far. They're going to go like get them. But really all the presents went in the trunk of the Batmobile. And they're about to just ride away. And at this yeah. point, I'm like, dude, if you just got married, you would have had all of that stuff legal and have a, a beautiful rich wife. But he mentions to his goons, he's like, it's the bachelor life for me. Yeah. And not only does he mention to his goons, as he's driving away in the bat slash bird mobile, he's like singing this song about how he's like going to be a bachelor forever. Yeah. He doesn't want to be a caged bird. I feel like in the first part of this story, we got a little quick peek at it, but. Here we get the debut of uh, the Bat Cycle. Yeah. Is this the first time we've seen the Bat Cycle? Yeah. And it looks it looks different than it does later in the show. Yeah. I thought it looked... I couldn't put my finger on what was different. But I was excited to see it. Yeah. Love a Bat Cycle. All of his vehicles are so cool. Very cool. Batman and Robin give chase. They comment about how they're lucky that 
the penguin hasn't learned how to use the like atomic turbo boost or whatever on the Batmobile. And for whatever reason, the Bat Cycle has like all these different controls for the Batmobile on its like main console. Or just such an occasion. So Batman begins by pressing the ejector seat button for the passenger seat. This made me so happy. One of my favorite things in the entire world is fake dummies getting flung around. And the Batmobile shoots out these two fakest dummies I've ever seen for, you know, representing the goons. And they go up in the air and they like ragdoll and flop around. I loved it. And Penguin's just like, oh, okay. It just keeps going. Yeah. The guy must have hit that button. Oh, well. Dang, it's a good thing this is such a cartoony world because these guys would just be dead. No, of course. Yeah. And Robin would just be dead if he'd like, because that was Robin's seat. Yeah. (laughs) If they had to eject like that. So crazy. Batman starts messing with the doors next. Yeah. Just like causing them to open, which uh, starts frustrating the penguin. And then finally, a little mini steering wheel pops out. I know, it's so cute. And Batman, while driving the Batcycle, also steers with this steering wheel. I feel like that probably would have been something better for the sidecar to do. But I guess Robin doesn't have his driver's license. Yeah, I guess that's true. Batman forces the Batmobile to make a U-turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Penguin's coming back towards them. Yeah. Meanwhile, they pass the uh, bodies of the two goons. Not that they're dead. I guess I said that like they were dead. Yeah. No, because they're, they're just getting up, you know. Yeah. And they say something to each other, and Robin, I forget exactly what it is, but Robin just hears them from like pretty far away over the sound of the bat cycle engines wish i wrote that down yeah i didn't write down that they i don't know i guess i didn't really notice that part oh i feel like they they said like oh they must be ghosts and then like the bat cycle pulls up and robin jumps out it's like ghosts huh yeah it's batman robin supposed to be dead so this is another part that kind of reminds me of batman returns remember when like the penguin is remote controlling the batmobile Oh yeah. Except the tables I, are turned this time. Yeah. It's just I was just like, oh, it's kind of funny in another penguin story. Yeah, for real. Uh there's a very brief fight. Yeah. They easily take out the goons as honestly they shouldn't be standing right now. Yeah. Uh, and then Batman just like jumps up on the hood of the Batmobile. I mean he makes it stop. Yes. Yeah. But uh, he just clocks Penguin in the face and it's over. Yeah, and they tie them all to the hood like deer. Yeah. (laughs) Batman says there's one more part of the case they have to complete. Yeah. And Robin's like, what's that? You have to get the Batmobile fumigated, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Definitely a really silly end. I feel like Batman hasn't really made such like a blatant goofy joke before no he did remember that was a way to a go-go oh yeah geez that was dark yeah 
I was gonna say I, I was surprised that there was more beyond that. I was like, oh, that seemed like a way to cap the episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, this ending here kind of soured my taste a little bit. I have mixed feelings on this last little bit. So uh we're at police headquarters. All the gifts have been returned. Yeah, it's all there because you know it's gonna be evidence in this crime. Yeah. It makes sense that the police have that, you know. Sophia Starr is also there. She's sad that the penguin was evil, but thinks that she could have reformed him through marriage. Yeah. She's like really sad that the they didn't end up getting hitched. Like she's still, yeah, she's still like in love with him. Yeah. So the commissioner's like, oh, well, here's your chance. Try to reform him. Yeah. They bring the penguin in and, you know, he's coughed. He immediately just like ignores her and like he goes through all the gifts. He's like, oh, it's all mine. He's like, oh, this, I could have had all this crazy stuff, a diamond crusted cheese grater. Yeah, it's like all kinds of insane things. Yeah. It's like all plated toaster. Yeah. It's like all kitchen appliances, but like. Yeah, that stuff was like pretty new and snazzy then. Yeah. But these are also just like made out of gold and diamonds. And stuff. Yeah. But yeah, she basically is like, Gives him another shot at, like, marriage. Yeah, she's like, you can have all this. We just have to get married. Like, yeah. And then it's all yours. These are our wedding gifts. And he's like, oh, God, no, put me back in jail. Yeah, he's just like, no, take me to prison. I don't want to be married. So I want to call it boomer humor, but this would have been the contemporary thing at the time. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just that joke that my that marriage sucks. Yeah, it's just so funny to hate women. Like, why? I don't know. In the context of the show at the time, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, oh, this is so, so unnecessary. It wasn't. I do think the better ending would have been just cutting after we need the Batmobile fumigated. Yeah, but I like seeing that the penguin is just so greedy and like is such a jerk. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I, I really like that. It home. You know, yeah, really drives it home that he's a bad man. Yeah, they were right to not believe that he reformed. Yes, which I wish he gave them more of an indication at that time because before when they're doing that, they're really just harassing like a civilian man. Yeah, that's true. Because they don't say he escaped from prison. It's not like, I assume he was released. Like, he was released the first time. Yeah, yeah. He was just so, free to free to go. So, And I feel like even in that episode, they gave him a lot more of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, before he left prison, he's, like, literally talking about doing his biggest crime. They have him on camera, on videotape. <laughs> and there's like, oh, well, I guess he's out. So what do you think about this? This is my favorite story so far we've had. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was extremely entertaining. We got lots of action. We got the role reversal of Penguin and Batman as criminal and crime fighter. We got a bunch of stuff with the Batmobile. We got Alfred undercover. I don't know. It just I. It was legitimately funny. I thought most of the time. Yeah, the the plot's a little like loosey goosey, but like that's just kind of par for the course. Yeah. I definitely had a good time. I don't think it's my favorite. Yeah. I think Joker Goes to School is still... That's pretty good. One in yeah. my heart. 
but definitely a good showing from the penguin. Yeah, episode was great. What did you think about his plan? I thought it was pretty good. Like, if he just killed Batman, he would have been fine. Or if he just got married, he would also have been fine. Yeah. But, like, his whole time, there was, like, nothing Batman could do against him. So it's, like, hard to say it wasn't working. Yeah, I mean, he really had them all on the ropes. And he had the cops on the ropes, too. Yeah, he had, like, public opinion turning Like, he was playing the long game, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a three. Okay, I also wanted a three. I expected some pushback. No, I mean, there's nothing really... He, of course, made the stupid mistakes necessary to end well, that's the his, story. That's his character flaw, so I was like, all right. But yeah, that was... He just wants to love them and leave them. At least he doesn't want to cheat on people. Because he could have just got married and still lived a bachelor life, you know what I mean? That's true. Or he could have got married and then killed her. So in all honesty, like, that could have been a lot worse for her. But now she has a broken heart. I mean, better to loved and lost than never loved at all. So profound. And that's what the Batman brings out in you. But yeah, I, I yeah, three uh, three is what I wanted. I was going to settle for two and a half. But yeah, three three is good if we're in agreement on that. I, I don't know. I think it's it's hard to pick like the favorite guests villains because like it's it's really hard to compete with Riddler and Joker. But like something about Burgess Meredith like slots right into this show. Yeah, he's so good, especially yeah. for this show. Yeah, for this show specifically. I think he's good in general. I've seen him in other things, and I think he's great. But like, he's really, like, the right level of hammy and, like, the right level of committed to, like, his character's wacky anti-mannerisms. Yeah, he he just, oh, such a good actor. I think at the time, Riddler was the most popular villain from the series. That makes sense. He's... Frank Corson's great. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I know the Joker in general is the most popular Batman villain. At this time, though, I don't think that was the case. I do think he was one of the top tier ones. But I think when they reinvented him in the 80s as, like, a murderer and psychopath, like, that's when he became really popular. Jeez, what does that say about comics? Yeah, about us. Yeah. Well, like, you know, we mentioned, like, Batman the movie, the or not Batman the movie, Batman 89 is your favorite Batman movie, and that's got that, ver- like, more close to that version of the Joker in it. Yeah, but still He's, not he's got shades of, like, classic Joker, but... Yeah, and I mean, a lot of that is... And, I mean, we can get into... You know what? I kind of wanted to talk to you about this anyway. We might as well do it while we're on the Batcast. Uh, did you watch the Flash trailers? Oh, yeah, I watched one of them. Yeah, I'm not excited for Michael Keaton's Batman to return, and I'm going to tell you why. It's nothing to do with Michael Keaton. But, like, the way that he moves and the the way that he's shot and, like, the cinematography and stuff is, it feels so hollow and fake. Like, I think Michael Keaton, he's a good actor. I like Michael Keaton. I want to start that off. But I think he... And his Batman are the most forgettable part of his movies. What makes those movies really great is the Tim Burton, the way he shot and lit those movies. Oh, yeah. 
it, like I'm, that that and then mixed with his villains like that batman alone just being around is not interesting in and of itself to me yeah and i mean that's not to say like no one else can do a michael keaton batman no There's... i'm not saying that but like the new one it's it's not replicate or replicating the aesthetic of those movies at all it's just remember michael keaton as batman here he is yeah no and like even it shows the action scenes and it looks more like the like arkham video games than it does the action from the 1989 batman movie like the 89 comic kind of really like it's a comic so it's different like you're not going to get the big cinematics well you know what i mean because it's a different medium but like i think that nailed like the atmosphere and like look of those movies and i think that translated really well yeah yeah that was the i mean i think once the uh actor started like abducting children or whatever the hell he was doing i was pretty uninterested but the trailer really killed any little oh yeah it looks it looks really bad and it is funny that they're using just it, it's a vehicle to like remember like to sell you another batman but like oh yeah he was so Ezra Miller is one of the worst people in the world uh but like the character of that version of Barry Allen was already the most insufferable version of a very insufferable series of movies. So it's like, they're going to double down on that. I'm like, oh my God. Also, why is the only Flash story that anyone ever wants to adapt Flashpoint? Well, I, I know they're going to do it as an excuse to like reboot their universe, but like, I think you should just reboot it and not worry about having an explanation. Yeah. Well, you know, they're trying to like keep whatever pieces they think worked yeah because yeah uh, they'll keep like the suicide squad and probably gal gadot as wonder woman maybe shazam i don't know yeah i mean as far as flashpoint being the story to be adapted like i think and flash fans please don't uh try to fight me I don't mean this as any diss on the character, but as far as modern comic book movie aesthetics and just like overall tone, that's really the only Flash story that works. I guess. The Flash is like such a fun character that just like... I kind of feel like it's the only time he gets to like go big and like he he has had big moments like in the Justice League cartoon Crisis on Infinite Earths but everything else like kind of I don't know it all requires knowledge of some other DC universe event yeah, I think Flash is one of those characters. Like, I love the Flash in general. Like, I'm also a big Titans fan, so, like, Wally's my preferred Flash. But um, he's one of those characters that I think is great in an ensemble. Granted, I used to say that about Iron Man, 
so you know he was able to like kickstart the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, but he did that through like a smaller story. Oh yeah, I would lo- I would prefer a smaller scale Flash story, like even if they're just doing like Gorilla Silly City, you know. But like Flash has got a lot of fun, interesting rogues. Like, but anyway, yeah, we're way off topic now, but. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the Michael Keaton Batman and get your thoughts on it. Next week, who do we got? I think it's Bookworm, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Riddler's back. Oh, love that guy. The Ring of Wax. Give him the X. Oh, Bookworm's not for a while. I don't know why I thought he was like on the docket. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. It, this is our first three-peat, right? Yeah. So we'll see how he does on his third outing. I'm excited. Well, we'll catch you next week. When's a podcast like a tree falling? When no one's around to hear it. I don't know. That was bad. (laughs) 